Welcome back to Recorded Conversations, the podcast that's dedicated to compassionately considering all perspectives while engaging in authentic, connected dialogue. I'm Danielle Kingstrom. We continue on our Compassionate Conservative series, and this is part three, with my guest, Dion McNeil. Dion is a journalist, he's a combat veteran, and he also manages and writes for thedailycounter.com, where their mission is to bring people the most relevant news concerning political corruption, local news, and family court. The goal is to make readers aware of the issues of the general news outlets may not be able to write about or may not be willing to share with you. Dan shares the hidden trade secrets of journalism in which if it bleeds, it leads. We talk about why he supports Trump, why he voted for Trump, why he plans on voting for Trump, and why he criticizes Trump. And what's really interesting is he says the reason he criticizes Trump is because he likes him and he wants him to do better. Now, I appreciate that sentiment. I've always welcomed criticism. I've asked for criticism. I know that the fields that I toy around in all but beg for criticism and judgment. And so the thing is, is if you're willing to extend some criticism constructively to somebody that you want to see succeed, think of how well articulated and received that criticism could be if that intention was noted. If we let people know that we were trying to pull the best out of them, if we let people know that we knew they could do a little bit better. If we let people know that we're aware of their skill and their gifts and, and their potential to develop it, would others take criticism differently? That's how I take criticism. I take criticism as a way to push myself harder, to challenge myself, to dig deeper, to present a wider scope and a more diverse, open-minded set of thoughts so that I can do better. And if we applied this mentality I think we would see success in constructive criticism versus hurt feeling. We talk about communism. We talk about socialism. We talk about immigration. We talk about the desire to control human nature. There's so much in this conversation. And then you come to an abrupt end because Dion McNeil is a busy man. It was such a great conversation. I learned so much. I really appreciated seeing his perspective. I hope that... As I've been saying throughout this whole series, you consider looking at conservatives differently and you don't just go to that quick, simple association in that you say, here's Trump, here's someone who voted for Trump, that person must be exactly like I view Trump to be. And that's one thing I'd also like to point out. And I've been saying this a lot lately, and it's kind of a thought experiment for all of us to just kind of sit with. Why is it that we only see what we want to see? That's what I've been noticing lately. We just want to see what we want to see. And if someone is prepared to show us something differently, we have to make that decision whether or not we're ready to confront something we don't know. Going forward, all that I ask, along with compassionately considering the perspective of another, is that instead of seeing what you want to see, try seeing what's really there. You can find Dion McNeil on Facebook, and you can also find his work at thedailycounter.com. 
I have a few more great conversations headed your way with some friends of mine, and Corey and I will be recording our episode that's kind of dedicated to tackling the rumors and the false reports and all of the negative crap that's circulating about the food crisis, about the actions that livestock farmers have been taking lately. And we've been fielding a lot of questions. I'm so thankful for all the feedback and all the questions that we've received thus far. And he'll drop his farmer philosophy and he'll answer some questions. And hopefully we can help you see farmers in a different light so that we don't just see farmers as people that take the seed and put it in the dirt and spread the water over it and poof, the plant grows. And they're not the enemies that are raping the earth. I mean, sure, there are some, but my husband isn't one of them. And he is leading the charge along with phenomenal other agricultural artists who are trying to do the best they can to work with Mother Nature and to replenish the earth instead of devastating the earth. So I also just want to put this out there. I did shut down my Patreon account. For the time being, it doesn't feel right asking for money. And I'm also having a hard time keeping up with it along with everything else I have going on. It is gardening season. It is planting season. And summer's fast approaching, which means that my children are going to want more of my attention outside so we can soak up vitamin D and protect ourselves against coronavirus. So with all of that being said, I may or may not create a new Patreon account, but I want you to know I'm not doing this for money. I'm not trying to make a buck off of you. I'm not trying to manipulate you into buying my work or seeing additional videos. I have a YouTube channel, Search Recorded Conversations. I upload most of the video conversations that I have that you hear on this podcast. It's absolutely free. You can find my work on Patheos Progressive Christian, and you can also find me on Facebook and Twitter, where I share all of my opinions that are sometimes inflammatory and outrageous. I've been being called to tinfoil hat wear lately. I'm going to own that label for now. It's a fun little label to rock because I know it's not true. But I just want you to know I'm trying to bring you information I just want to help you open your eyes and think clearly and critically about the world around you so that you can see what is really there instead of just seeing what you want to see. I hope you all enjoy the episode. I hope everybody's staying safe, isn't going crazy. Take care. Facebook friends for some for some time now. Yeah, I think we have, and we've yeah. like never interacted, or maybe we did in the <laughs> beginning, and all of a sudden well, I'm like, wait a minute, who is this? And I say that all the time. I say I have all these friends and I never interact with them, so I've been trying to be more mindful about going through my friends list and going, who's this person? What's this person? Doing? Right, right. It's um, hard though. So uh, 
me, I am a journalist. I just got my U.S. Press Association credentials. Congratulations. And, um, I, I logged into the site for the first time. I was like, I, I, like, I, I felt so, so proud of myself. But the uh, press badge should be in the mail pretty soon. So, so you're going to go anyway. around and like be like, press badge, let me in. Coming through. Got I'm already doing that. I'm That's already awesome. doing that without, without, without the pre- press badge. Uh, I run a site called The Daily Counter. Yeah, uh, I've been on there. Checking it yeah, out. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I go after some pretty hard-hitting subjects. I, I tend to stay focused right here in South Carolina, but I do cover a lot of a lot of stories outside of the state. Um, some of them, in, some of some of them, uh, other states. A lot of them are international. Some in Canada, I've covered. Uh, I will actually a partner of mine covered a case in Germany. Oh wow! Uh, and so we 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 cover things all over the country. We do have a large focus on family courts. Um, mainly because we think that there needs to be reforms, mm-hmm. but we don't want to inject our personal opinion into that. If, if, a, if an article appears on my site in this opinion base, we'll, we, we will mark it as such. And it's, we, we have a category for that called concerned citizen, mm-hmm. and that's for the op-eds. Now, but for everything else, we are 100% fact-based. And awesome. we open ourselves for criticism. If you find something on our site that is, in fact, that, that is not factual and you can show the evidence, we will do an update. So are you terribly busy today trying to figure out what's going on with the stock market? Yes. Black um, Monday. That was, that was, that was crazy. Um, I was like, whoa, what was going on here? <laughs> yeah. And I suppose it's all Trump's fault. That's what I'm I've not, been hearing. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I have noticed that the crude oil prices have dropped a lot because in my, in my neighborhood, gas is like 188. Nice. So, so it's like super duper low. But then again, South Carolina is really, really low like anyways, but. That was the lowest I've seen all year. Yeah. And so is a lot of your content geared at showing that maybe how we point our fingers at Trump isn't always correct? You go and dig through stories um, that... I, I, I'm starting to do that. At first, I didn't want to make it super political, but when I decided to... Um, to you know, go and make a news site and get and become like an LLC and then get U.S. Press, U.S. Press Association credentials, I figured I should start branching out into things. Like recently, we, we started getting into the whole thing with the coronavirus. Mm. But, um, you know, because I, I, I just published one on this morning where we were talking about uh, are, are, are our airports ready for the coronavirus? And mm-hmm. so I looked, looked into, into my own state and I can say yes and no. Um, some places, no. Some places, yes. I mean, the only, the, the only precautions that some of them have, have taken thus far is doing extra cleaning. I mean, they haven't even talked to the CDC or like DHEC or anybody else. So it's like, it's kind of scary. And what do you think about coronavirus? Do you think it is this, we should be as panicked as it seems the media wants us to be or? Um, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I think that honestly with the, with the death rate being what it is, you shouldn't panic. Mm -hmm. And the problem with, 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 with this is people think the virus is what's going to kill them. No, the panic is what's going to kill you. Because uh-huh. when you when you when you when you hear about about a suspected case of coronavirus, you go by the, the freaking grocery store and you see shelves empty. Like for example, uh, I went the other day. Uh, I got a little cut on, on, on my leg, and I wanted to go get some rubbing alcohol so I can kind of like sanitize them. And I went to the CVS around the corner, and they were sold out and of alcohol like, uh, of, of rubbing alcohol. And I was like, "Wow!" It's like wait, I said wait, wait. So so you guys, when you fully stock this, you have like fifty bottles. You just stocked this yesterday. Yeah, they're all gone. 
Like, yeah. who, who's buying that much alcohol? And toilet paper. The toilet paper. Yeah, toilet paper gone. was trending on Twitter. It had like 10,000 tweets in an hour. And I'm over here going, is one of the side effects like diarrhea or something? Am I not getting what the symptoms are? Why are people rushing to get toilet paper? Of all things. Diarrhea. I'm over here diarrhea. like... Where's your garlic? Where's your ginseng? Where's your turmeric? Where it's is your ginger? Go stock up and get yourself healthy so you can boost your immunities. I don't know what well, toilet paper is supposed to do. Is, the thing about it is, is that people, you know, people tend to prepare way too late. Like, for example, people laugh at me, but uh, outside I have four 50-gallon uh, drums of water. And yeah. people laugh at me because I have it in my, in my backyard. Like, oh, you're a crazy prepper. I'm like, yeah, well, you are out of water. You ain't gonna be laughing no more. <laughs> I hear <laughs> because, you. Yep. Yeah, um, because here's the thing: you you gotta take basic, basic stuff. Like for example, stock up on uh, rubbing alcohol. Get at least like one bottle. Uh, get some get some food that's not that's not gonna perish. Get some water. And, and 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 I'm not saying that for the disease. I'm saying that for the panic. Because when you go by the grocery stores, like like I just said, it's it's it's, it's getting more and more barren. Um, what I would suggest is you hit up all the all the dollar stores. First, so you can mm. get all the cheapest deals first, and mm. then go over to Walmart because you go to Walmart now in in some cities, man. Good luck. I know. Do what our grandparents do. Like my in laws, you go down in their basement. It's like they have a grocery store down there. Like yeah, and because you know they came out of parents who lived through the Great Depression, so they were taught to plan. And we live on a farm, so like we can stuff. So we'll always have food. I remember a couple of years ago we got into prepping and we were like, we need honey, we need vodka, we need whiskey, and we need chocolate. Those are going right. to be the four things that people, and we were doing that too and just buying in bulk. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there right now that says if you're buying in bulk, you're privileged, you don't care about people, you're elitist, you're a snob, planning is mm. selfish, hoarding is selfish. And I'm like, well, that's the wrong message we're sending out. Planning, we've always been told to be planners, to plan for well, well, chaos when, and emergency. Well, when stuff hits the fan, um, there, there's not going to be a, a, a thing that's privileged or unprivileged anymore. It's just going to be who, who has it, who, who, and who doesn't. Exactly. That's what it's going to come down to. So. Exactly. That's why we have a bull. That's why we have a bull and we have cows because you never know. We might need beef someday. Know. You never know yeah, what you like, might beef anyway, but. <laughs> well, the thing is, 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 is like uh, people, people have this idea of prepping, right? Mm -hmm. And that, and that, unfortunately, you do have an influx of conspiracy theorists and that kind of people in the prepping community because a lot of them are prepping based on those conspiracies. Now, that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with the conspiracies themselves because at one point we call a lot of things conspiracies that turn out to be to be true That's but right. um, the thing about it is is, is that uh, people people judge all preppers based on those people and the thing that I that I always explain to people is that let's say you have a hurricane mm. happens all the time all the especially time. in my state it's um, I mean like like my state is a coastal state so mm -hmm. it happens so it happens here all the time I say, and then what's going to happen when the emergency personnel can't get to you? And, exactly. and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's been like two or three weeks. That and, can happen. Yep. And we live in, um, we're, our threats are tornadoes and Nashville just got hit. And yeah. it's like, you wouldn't be laughing at people whose houses were still standing if they did have water and toilet paper and out, rubbing alcohol, because being prepared is just kind of a practice I thought we used to teach our children growing up like be prepared plan for emergencies make sure you have money in the bank 
Make sure you have extra food in your basement, whatever it is. That never was a crazy idea to plan for. But now it seems like because everything is replaceable and because we just kind of live moment to moment and, and take care of our current needs, we don't think about something like the stock market plummeting or a coronavirus yeah. spreading or whatever it is. I woke up this morning and saw the stock market was crashing and they halted trading. And all I could see was that it was all Trump's fault. And I think last week or a week before he was taking credit for the economy being so great and the stock market being so high. I'm just mm -hmm. curious what your thoughts are. Do you think the president has that much influence over the stock market? Mm, I, I think he does and he doesn't. Um, for example, if, if he passes some, some, great policy for like businesses like for example the tax cut mm -hmm. um it wasn't so much for businesses this is for the middle the, the middle and the middle and working class and poor people so they were getting huge tax cuts and i actually saw it personally you know because yeah. I, I i've run a business now yeah i i, I saw it personally uh, and um i will i will say that i don't think that he's to blame for the stock market crash i i will say this is that it, it is it is in some ways, he's a victim of circumstance, right? Mm -hmm. Like, for example, uh, he had a he had a trade war with China, and yeah. that trade war couldn't have possibly helped him with that coronavirus thing. <laughs> it was killing him. It was killing him. It was wrecking mm -hmm. him. Yeah. So, I mean, that that might have contributed. But do I think that, that he's to blame for the stock market crash? Well, the stock market rose and crashed with Barack Obama, with with, with George Bush, with Bill Clinton, with George Bush daddy, uh, yeah. Reagan. I mean, even even with Reagan, Reagan was known as the money guy. Yeah. And and stock markets went up and down even with him. So yeah. the thing, the thing, the thing that people have to understand is that more is that is that whether you like it or not, and I personally don't don't care for it. Um, this 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 is just my personal opinion that the world is interconnected now more than ever. What could happen mm -hmm. in China could sink the markets here. That's true. So That's true. so right now, um, a lot of what we're seeing. Is not on Trump or even us. Um, I will say that the U.S. entering the energy market, producing its own like crude oil, that might have contributed some, but that's not Trump's fault. And mm -hmm. and and the the one thing that that I think was the largest contributing factor for the stock market crashing is that crude oil prices had just dropped; it just plummeted. Like mm -hmm. I, like I just I just said that like like the, the gas around the corner was like one eighty eight. I've never seen it in in my more than ten years of living here. I've never seen it that low. Yeah. You know, so um, I don't I don't foresee this continuing because with gas prices being so low, people are going to start buying. People are going to start traveling more. And we're getting into spring now into some into some of the warmer months. So you're going to see a lot of travel, like pretty much pickups. Kids yeah. are going to be uh, outside a lot more often. A lot of sports are going to are going to are going to pretty much pick up. Plus, we got a lot a lot of championship games that are coming up, like the NBA Finals and the Final Four. You're gonna have a lot of economy boosting events. That's that's, that's gonna happen. So I think that that what's happening with the media, especially now that I'm in the media, and I've, and I've talked to publications and the and the and the journalists, is that what you gotta understand is this. I don't do this, but I get why it's done. There's a concept in the media called "if it bleeds, it leads." Mm -hmm. okay. So pretty much the only way they're going to really write a story and, and kind of blow it up to where it probably should be is if they can make it out to be as bad as it could, as it could, could potentially be. Like, for example, if you were to read some of the articles that have come out, a lot of it's like speculation. Yeah. 
A lot of it doesn't give you long-term projections. A lot of it is just a bunch of hearsay. And yeah. they have to run it like that because otherwise, and, and just something for your audience to kind of take in some and something that I don't particularly like, but it's a, but, but it is a factor in human nature. If people didn't put those kind of things into articles, would you really read them? Exactly. Here's the thing. I could put out a thousand articles about Kim Kardashian right now and that, and I'll be number one publication in, in my whole state in no time. Yeah. But I publish articles about family court, about potholes in the road, about workers' comp claims, about the uh, about the uh, coronavirus at the airport, stuff like that. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't comment about Trump saying poo poo on Twitter. Yeah, and I don't do that kind of stuff. And the reason why the gossipy and the the reason why the the the, the heavy sensationalized stuff, the clickbaity stuff, is being done, is because the audience reads it. Yeah. And they consume it and then they, they want more and more and more. It's like a sugar addiction. They eat all this shit well, and then they keep wanting it. And it's like, there's all this nutritious stuff out there that could but, actually make your life better. But they'll turn around and complain that saying, well, the media only runs this type of article. Well, here's, here's, here's how you stop that. You vote with your wallet. You don't watch that kind of stuff. You don't read that kind, yes. of, kind of stuff because it's not, it's not, it's not important. It's, it's not really something that's going to, it's going to change your life. Yeah. So I, I wanted to be a part of that of that difference, you know. I wanted to, to try to bring actual news to people. I didn't want to people to to go to my site and say, "Oh, well, let's let's go read about about what Trump did." You know, I, I'm not I'm not interested in, in, in that. I got a dog in here, so hundred pound pit. Well, come here, Zool. Come on, let's go out out. I'm working. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that was my dog. <laughs> but um, anyways, um, so uh. The, the thing about the the media that you need you 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 need need, need need to basically get about about Trump. The media writes so many negative things about Trump because people want to see that. Yeah. He's an easy target. Yeah. You know, like like he says a lot of bombastic things. He says a whole lot of things that he intentionally goes at, goes goes after people, and he intentionally is a little bit incendiary on Twitter mm-hmm. because he knows that that the media is pretty much gonna gonna cover it yeah the media helped to elect him they did he, he didn't well you you actually look at the the advertising numbers for for hillary clinton and the amount of money that she she, she spent on her campaign what you'll find is that she outspent trump by magnitudes i mean it was it was, it was ridiculous so what trump had had to pretty much do was force the media to advertise for him yeah because what because what they don't they don't what they don't get is that in the world of professional wrestling and reality TV, two things that Trump understands very, very well, is that negative press is not really bad press. Exactly. Yeah. If you, and, if, and, if, and if you don't believe that, uh, review Kanye West. <laughs> Thank you. I know. They are shrewd, smart businessmen. They know exactly, exactly what they're doing. I've always said that about Trump. And I mean, I didn't, in the, in the Republican primaries, I was like, that was my Ted Cruz days. I was like all about right. Ted Cruz. But then after he won, and I think we all were like, he ain't going to win. And then he won, and then I saw this hatred, and I was like, I thought the whole world loved Donald Trump. Like, this is a dream. We had another superstar like Reagan come in to the White House, do his thing. He barely had to drop a dime to advertise. That is smart as shit. Imagine what he could do with, the, with our, our economy. Imagine what he could do with our country. But it's like, well, no so matter far- what this dude does... 
is never good enough and he can never do good. And that's the saddest part of it all is it really well, is good. Well, the thing to think about it is, is that when it comes to Trump, I criticize him a lot. And the reason why I, I do that is because I actually like him. And when I, when I criticize him, uh, I find things done within policy that I don't agree with. Yeah. The man personally, I kind of like him because yeah. me and him are very, very, are very, very similar. If you've seen anything that I post on Facebook, I could be pretty um incendiary too. And and so I I I, I realize not, yeah, so I, I I do realize that he does it for a reason and that's why I don't really make a whole lot of comments about it. The only thing that I do take issue with with Trump is 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 some of the things that I think that he could do differently. Like for example, um when it when it comes to that serious strike. Don't let people bait you into striking countries. Like we don't need no more wars, man. Yeah. Like let's yeah. let's let's just pull all our guys out of the Middle East. I'm actually a combat veteran. So I've been there and done that, man. Yeah. And I can tell you, like, we need to get our boys out of there because it's like it's like I I get that, that you want to do the job, but the problem is, is that once you fumble it so bad, it, it's just no point. And so that's why I was I was reluctantly happy when the Taliban and the US reached some kind of agreement. Because yes. I, I used to, I used to, you know, the freaking Taliban to launch, launch freaking rockets at me. So I still hold a grudge against those guys. Understandably, they tried to freaking kill me. But I, I, I do see the bigger picture. You know, I, I, I do, I did want every Taliban member to be caught and prosecuted. But at the same time, I got to think about about the bigger picture, about our, about about our boys, about the Afghan people, and quite frankly, even even the enemy. I mean, they have families too, and you don't, you don't want, you don't, you don't want to make fatherless home. Yes. Yes. And so what are your thoughts on the upcoming election? Are you a voter and do you know who you're voting for? Are you, do you vote one side or are you waiting to see who the democratic candidate is or what's going on with that? I'm going to tell you something right now. Um, I I still want to see more out of Trump, namely family court reform. Mm -hmm. And I want him to to get off the whole anti-weed nonsense in the world war, dude. I, I would, I would, I want to see that. However, as I look across the Democratic field, um, who am I supposed to vote for again? Biden, Sanders, and oh, Gabbard me, are still in the me, race. Let me, let me, let me, let, okay, Tulsi Gabbard, I actually like her. I, I do like her too. I you do want, too. You want to know why? You want, you want to know why I like her? Is because she's everything. They, she's everything that Bernie Sanders is supposed to be. Yeah. Minus, 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 minus the communism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much everything supposed to be. Now, granted, she has some anti-gun positions, and 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 that's something that I I, I really really wish that she would change because mm-hmm. she would get a lot more veteran support. But overall, her and and Buddy Geek or 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 Booty Judge, yeah, or the those were the two most viable ones. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I don't know why we're looking at Biden. Biden. We knew Biden back when Biden. Win. We knew Biden was a uh, someone we made fun of and a little dummy and a little peon back during Obama's administration. I mean, I shared the memes. So well, for me to take that seriously now, I'm like, you cannot be, you just putting up your own version of your perception of Trump is what I see yeah. the Democrats doing. And it's well, if they, if they were going to do that, you might as well try to run like AOC. But she's not old enough. I don't, <laughs> she's I don't not think. old enough, no. If you, if you ran AOC, believe it or not, as crazy as she is and as Ooh. nutty as she is, she's got a shot. She Believe does. it or not. I think Believe she knows because, that too. I think that's yeah. I think they're grooming her for that. I really and do. She's, she is out of her mind. 
She like, is. The, the whole thing yeah. with the cow farts thing, I was like, there's no way that's true. So I go over to her actual website. I started reading, reading about the Green New Deal, the actual website. Yeah. And it did say that. Yeah. And it's like, what? <laughs> Yeah, that was clearly, wild to me. she's never spent any time in any kind of agricultural environment before to even come up with something with some of the crazy things that she talks about doing and implementing. I'm like, you are going to just hurt everybody that produces everything for this country by initiating a yeah. plan like this and thinking that taxing people is going to save us from the inevitable 12 year catastrophe. I just, how's that going to happen? We throw money Whoa. at things and then what the the green gods will save us i guess i don't know what it is well my my whole thing is with, with the whole green new deal and about the climate change thing and everything else is that i've read several studies and the one thing that all the experts from what i saw seems to be saying is that it's already too late so yeah. it's already too late why am i making myself miserable when i know mm. what's what's already coming Unless There's more to the story than what I'm being, I'm being told. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I don't know. I mean, I don't even know where we stand as far as what, what the overall climate and environment is looking like. But I think there's got to be a different way than scaring people and threatening people and taxing people to get people to individually care about their environment. Because there are easy practices that we could do that don't create some kind of legislative budget in the trillions that we could implement and get people to care about their environment and to care about what they're doing and to be more considerate about reusing, recycling and reducing. But how do you, how do you juxtapose that with the consumerism and the materialism of the world? I mean, this country is crazy for it. And then you want to say, now be considerate of the environment. Well, that, that those butt against each other. We can't do both. And then it's like, well, what do we do? I guess if we want communism, we could reduce consumerism because capitalism is apparently bad by giving us choices, or we could just be responsible consumers and realize we don't have to buy all the stuff they throw in our face, but that's too easy. And that doesn't require trillions of dollars in a bill. Well, the thing is too, is that um, the problem that I see with communism man, is that it doesn't follow human nature. If, like you just said, with capitalism, we've been given so many choices to the point where we're fat and we, and, we are, and we consume a lot. Well, then that's just human nature when you let people make their own choices. Now, with communism, you want to try to structure human nature. And I'm sorry. There's no government system out there that's ever going to structure human nature. Humans are going to be humans no matter what you do. You're not going to be able to control them. And so okay. I, I think that, 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 that people who are communists have this desire to control things, to yes. control destiny, to control fate the problem when a prepper hears that the, the first thing that a prepper thinks is that wow you you figured out a way to control fate can you tell me your secret because otherwise i wouldn't i wouldn't be prepping if, if i could if i could just change the future the whole point of prepping is is that is that you can't change the future and and, and so and so you, you you can only only prepare for it now with that being said with with communism so the, the one thing that i've noticed in particular with particular communists, is that they'll mention their their ideas, and you'll have long debates with them, and you've been, you probably had a few debates with them on Facebook too. But they'll never tell you how they plan to achieve their goals. No, like that Bernie Sanders. Matter. Bernie Sanders talks about free healthcare, free free um, free college, 
Um, I mean, he, he suffered free everything, right? Which is, yeah. which is, it's, 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 it's not actually free, but he calls it free. Um, and the one thing that I've, that I've definitely noticed is that whenever he's asked to explain about how, about how, how he's gonna, he's gonna pay for it, usually you get one, one of two answers. The first thing is, is that you don't really get an answer. He just talks around it, like yeah. using, the, using the usual politician thing. He's, he's been in politics since, since the, the freaking Stone Age, so he knows how to do it. He's practiced it for decades now. Or you get two, right? They'll, they will then take your question as an, as an attack. And yeah. then they, they, will, they will attack another group like the millionaires, billionaires, or or people who are rich, or people who are well to do, or 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 in some cases, middle class people. Yeah. And they'll and and they'll and they'll say that you're not paying your fair share. So, in order to achieve what Bernie Sanders wants, you would need an effective tax rate of fifty percent or higher. Yeah. Half your stuff gone off top. That's not that's not even including state taxes. Yeah. That's just federal. And the other thing that was interesting too is like there was some CBO projections or something that looked at Bernie's Medicare for all plan and his tax rates that he wanted to impose. And it was like, sure, it looks good for the first few years, but he wants to introduce what an additional wealth tax that would then tax people's stuff that they've already paid taxes on and continue to tax them year after year. And I can't remember if it was Bezos or someone that was used as an example. And sure, that works in the first three years, but you didn't account for liquidity. So if Jeff Bezos has to liquidate all of his stocks in order to cover all of those wealth taxes, what's going to happen to Amazon? What's going to happen to the stock market if all these rich people have to start liquidating their shares in order to meet the tax rate? Your stock market's going to crash. And then going forward, who are you going to tax? They're not billionaires anymore. They had to liquidate everything in order to pay your stupid tax. And now you're out of money. And then where are we? But, oh, that's not a problem. We'll think about that later. You can't think about that later. You are talking about promising people free health care and free college forever. You have to figure out how to pay for it. And the thing I always come back to, sorry, the left, but math, do you just skip math? Like math is important here. We're going two plus two is five and that's how it is now. That's not how it works, but okay. Now I understand why they support this person. Nobody likes math. That's mm -hmm. just, that's just my well, takeaway. Well, the thing, thing is too, this is how you got to think about it, right? So I always try to use analogies and comparisons. So I always use this, this on joke when I, when, I, when I explain Bernie Sanders' healthcare plan. I said, think of it like the like you are the GM of an NBA team, of, of a basketball team. There's a concept in, in basketball called a luxury tax. Whenever you spend too much on player salaries and coach hours and everything, if you go to, to a luxury tax where you, where, you, where you are charged more money based on, you know, how much the player is worth, what's, what's the market value and everything else. So think of it like this. Suppose you have, you have a team and your team is the American people. Now, the American people has very various different people of different skills, different ability levels. Some of them are able, some of them are disabled. You pay people based on what they're contributing, right? But if you give them all the exact same thing without them contributing something, or at least a, or, or at least a substantial amount of contributing something, and, and the amount contributing doesn't necessarily reflect the necessary, the, 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 the necessary amount 
to carry over for the for the disabled people, much 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 like a basketball team where the star player has to carry the 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 bench players. Mm-hmm. So basically, Bernie Sanders wants America to pay a luxury tax <laughs> from hell. That's basically what he wants us to do. Yeah. Because, like you said, yeah, I, I might be doing okay now, right? But after you tax me, and then you you turn around. And then you forced me to. Um, I, I think. I think that he 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 also said that he wanted to bring back the individual mandate. Didn't he? Fantastic, fantastic. I can't yeah. remember, but that would just yeah. be fantastic. But his thing though. So so I'm I'm think I'm thinking of my myself, Bernie. You know, I grew up in an AME church, and I've met a variety of pastors, variety of them, but. With most of them, it was always the same. They all try to convince you that what they're doing is not a business, even though it is. Yeah. Bernie Sanders is trying to convince you that what he's doing is going to help you when in the end, it might help you now. All right? Yeah. But let's say that we have another you know, economic downturn or another stock market crash, right? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen then? Yeah, the wealth is see, going to see, dissipate. That's, that's, that's the biggest difference between communism and capitalism. Capitalism can weather storms very yeah. easily because we generate so much money to the point where we, we, can, we, can, we can survive any storm. Mm-hmm. Whereas with communism or socialism, like for example, when you saw in, in, in Venezuela, and, that's, and, that, and that is a great comparison. Yeah. When, it, when the crude oil prices dropped here, we didn't, we didn't crash. We're, we're still doing okay. Whereas with Venezuela, because they relied off of so much, so much of their of their economy was crude oil, and they mm-hmm. promised so many, so much free stuff to people, to the point where when the crude oil prices drop, and you still have all that free stuff, you're gonna go bankrupt eventually. Yeah, yeah. So, so the promise, the promise that Bernie Sanders has given people, especially especially young people, is poison. I agree. It, it is it is a sweet tasting poison. It tastes sweet, but you but you are going to feel the effects later on. And people people always look at it. I I I, I always say that people of Afghanistan and America have one thing in common. What's in that? They think that what happens in their local area, or or they think that 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 what happens on a national level doesn't really affect them, hmm. but it does. Like it's like like I'll give you a prime example. Like in in Afghanistan, you 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 have a bunch a bunch of a bunch of uh, a bunch of um of tribes there, and they don't really recognize Afghanistan as a country. They only see their tribe. Mm. Well, it's well it's the exact same thing in America. Like for example, I know there's, there's parts of the black community that don't that don't really see themselves as as American for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Or you or you or you get people who don't vote. You get you get you get you get people who who don't really get involved with anything that's political or anything that's that's going on in in the neighborhood because if it doesn't if it's if it's if it's not right in their face, they don't care. Mm. You know, if it's not right in their face. You know, that's I know, in- I know, I know we veered off to some some else different. I'm sorry. No, no, that's good. That's actually interesting. Um, because I'm not a voter. Uh, the last I right. I cast my last vote in 2016. Voted for Gary Johnson. And, um, after that, I just went, I don't want to do this anymore. And so I was like, 
anti-vote. But then my husband and also one of my friends is like, but not even local. You're like not voting locally. And I was like, no. Well, then my friend brought up, he's like, well, I checked your district. You just had a vote. He's like, do you know just one or two more votes would have changed your school's referendum bill? And I was like, oh, now you're going to put me on the spot like that. And so I didn't think about it. And so, you know, my husband is big about voting locally too. My husband is also on a township. So obviously he's political. Um, But I hadn't thought about it that way. And the more I've been talking to people about voting and why it's important, the more I'm seeing too that, especially locally, I'm not saying I'm going to get up and start voting for all the other hoopla, but locally, I do think it's important because locally is where we can affect change. And I think from the local standpoint, that's where you can start to widen the circumference of the change, but it has to start locally. That's why I'm a big proponent of like, if you can't do that shit in your house, you can't do it anywhere else in the world. But if you can't do it in your own community either and affect change and be participate, participatory and do things with other people, how are we going to do it on a national level and then on an international level? So I just want to say, listeners, I hear you. Local voting is important. But um, so as it stands right now, you want to see a little bit more before you cast your vote in November. But do you think you'd go to the Democrat side? Well, if it was Tulsi Gabbard, would you? Oh, uh, that still would be a hard pass for me. Um, it's, It's not so much that Tulsi Gabbard's bad. Not, not at all. The problem that I worry about with Tulsi Gabbard is that she wants acceptance from the DNC. And once mm. you, once you get acceptance from the DNC, they're going to ask you to say and do certain things. And that's when you're going to start seeing people change. Because here's the thing. I want to see you in your rawest form before you get elected. That yeah. way I can kind of gauge how you're going to change. Yeah. Because you're going to, you're going to, you're going to lie about, about, about some things, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to, you got to change about, about, about something so imagine you have a giant statue right and over time that statue gets eroded right well that's well that's pretty much like your politicians promises i want to see just how fast those things erode and see what statue do i have left Mm, yeah so so it takes it takes time to analyze tentatively i would say trump has my vote um mainly because the democrats have nobody I mean, you got you got you got a guy in, in freaking Joe Biden who's demented, in my opinion. <laughs> um, you got Bernie Sanders, who God bless him, he's he's a nice guy. He really is. Every 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 everybody says that about, about him. No one's besides Elizabeth Warren and her fans has ever said anything really bad about Bernie Sanders. Besides, okay, then then there was Hillary, but she claims that nobody liked him, and it's like too many people like Bernie Sanders for that to be true. Okay, I mean. That with Hillary Clinton, no, Hillary, that's called projection. No one likes you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one likes you. People were um, scared of you, Hillary. They didn't like yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, like, like I'm not saying that the Hillary and Bill are, are murderers. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I am saying, though. I am saying, though. There's a lot of coincidences. Bodies, <laughs> if several bodies popped up and my name was attached to it, would you be talking to me right now? <laughs> I feel a no, little worried. Probably not. Probably not. You probably like, okay, let me go ahead and call the FBI on this dude. But um no, um I, I think that right now Trump has my vote. Provided we don't we don't start any like new wars, mm-hmm. provided he doesn't just do something completely crazy, because overall he's been good. Overall. All right. Oh. There's, so, been, there's there's been some things that I just like, eh, like the whole bump stop band thing, eh. But yeah. you know, um, um, that's that's overall minor stuff. 
so long as he if he if he does not go any further than 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 that, I guess I can overlook that. Yeah. But that was a big issue for me because I'm a proud Second Amendment supporter, man. I I I, um, I actually read the history of gun control, and it was targeted my people. So like, yes. no, I don't I don't I don't I don't support that. I don't support you know, that whatsoever. And that's what I that's what the Black Panther Party was about too. Like that exactly. was about like, arming um, the Black America. And that was um, in, in 1967, there was, the, uh, there was a Republican assemblyman by the name of um, Don Mulford. So Don Mulford, um, he ran into the black, he, he, he heard about the Black Panthers and he was, uh, so he, he proposed a um, bill which, which was called the Mulford Act. So that, that is essentially what banned open carry in the, in, in, in the U.S. Uh, essentially, um, uh, that, that, was, that was banned in California and not that long afterwards, guess who became president? Well, the, girl, the, the, the guy who was then the governor of California, Ronald Reagan. Yeah. So that's what I say. Like, I, I have criticisms of Reagan, too. Like, Reagan, li- listen, I love, I, I love you, but you ain't been the ally of guns that people try to make you out to be. Because yeah. if you, because, because if you were, you would have stopped Don, Don, Don Mulford in, in his freaking tracks. Yeah. But you didn't. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So, I, yeah, I but, never um, thought Reagan was a proponent either. When all the history yeah, Re- that I've Reagan, seen, Reagan was good on money. Yeah, he, he was, was. He was great on. Oh God, he was. He was phenomenal on money. I mean, if if we had that guy, man, we'd be bullying right now. I mean, I mean, he'd be, he'd be better better than, than than pretty much Trump. You know, so because because that was his main focus was money. Yeah, that's that's what he did. Yeah. So um, um, but the but the one person that I really really wish got a chance. So I just wanted to hear him out. I didn't like his ideas, but I just want to hear him out. I want to hear out Andrew Yang. I did too. Me too. I want, I want to hear him out. I want to hear him out. Yeah. I say, I say, all right, all right. If you can make the numbers work, you might be able, you might be able to sway me. Yeah, but, he had me but, convinced on universal basic yeah. income. Like I was like, yeah, that's a good though. idea. Yeah, but then I looked at the numbers and I was like, mm. <laughs> we would have to make significant su- cuts yeah, somewhere else in yeah, order to we, make that work. We would have work. to like. Like yeah. uh, that, that because 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 see here, the first thing that 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 everybody says is, well, cut the military, cut the military, guys. The number one employer in the U.S., believe it or not, the single largest one, is is actually the DOD. Mm. Okay, so when you cut the military, you you're cutting jobs. jobs. So <laughs> we don't want to cut that, jobs. Um, and then on top of that, we are the guarantors of people's safety. The countries. Yeah. So if you don't spend that kind of money, well, do you know what you what you just told your allies? Yeah. We don't care. Yeah. So if we are ever ever um, attacked, are they going to help us? No, they can't. They can't. That's why we built up the military. You know, I go back and forth on that because I yeah, hate yeah. the military industrial complex and I hate the money that's made yeah. out of it. But at the same yeah. time the left especially wants us to be the savior of the world. I mean, they do. They want us to run and save everybody. And the right yeah. has always been like that too. Like we, we have to defend our people. And if we can defend our people, we can defend other people. But now it's like, well, what do you want? Do you want us to protect them or, or not? And if we don't defend ourselves, we can neither defend our own people or the rest of the people. And that's that, that tension that we have to find. Well, Go ahead. Oh. Well, here's the problem, right? There's an inherent double standard. Inherent double standard. They will say in one breath, right? 
there are some people on the left and some people that are, that, are, that are on the right, believe it or not, the freaking rhinos. They will always say, um, well, we don't want foreign wars. We don't want intervention. And they'll say that, right? And, they're, and, let's, and let's say that Bush or Trump starts a war. They're like, oh, that's, that's, that's horrible. You should be interfering with, with, with these countries. And then my response is, well, then don't take off, take off uh, you know, a whole bunch of them into your country. That's, that's still interfering. It is. It is. It, 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 it is. Because, and, and, and it is also harmful, right? Let's say that Mexico has somebody who has the aptitude to become a doctor. Well, they need doctors there. And now we're taking them all. Yeah. So in order for, for, for these countries to improve so that we don't have to take in so many, so many refugees, let some of those people who have the high IQ, the intelligence, the aptitude to become doctors, lawyers, businessmen, you know, you name it, and let them go back to their country so that they can make their countries better. We are not mm. helping those countries by taking their best people. Mm, I never even thought about it that way. No, we we're are not. not. No, we are not. Think about how many doctors you've met from India. Yeah. Think about that. And think about right now, coronavirus being in India right now. Where are those people more, more needed? Yeah, in India. In India. Yeah. We take here. the brain surgeons from China and yep. the, all the other doctors from India. God, and then, they... <laughs> what are yeah, we doing? We, we, are, we are basically, um, we're pilfering the best and the brightest. And that's a good thing for me being you know, a strong supporter of my country. But it's a bad thing, too, because you know, I want other countries to do well, too. I don't, I don't, I don't want you to fail. But, yeah. if, but, if, but I can't expect there to be, you know, a great CEO when I look across Alphabet, like, with, like, with, like with, with just like Google, right? I see so many of their, of their best and their brightest from different countries. And it's like, dude, you could have stayed in your own country and gotten the exact same thing, but actually improved your own country. Yeah. So but it's like they don't want to yeah. improve their country. They want to just come over here and, and because chase. we've given them the incentive to incentives, do that. Incentives, yeah, yeah, all the incentives. And because you can make so, a pile of money over here with barely doing anything, and it's well, astounding. Well, well, that or well, that you either make a pile of money or you don't really make it too much at all if you if you're yeah. illegal. Yeah. Because that, and that's and that's and that's the other human rights issue that that people don't talk about when it comes to immigration is that these people are being taken advantage of. And, and I don't think that, 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 that that's right. You know, like, I don't think that an employer should be able to take somebody, pay them below minimum wage, don't give them any kind of benefits or anything else, make them work 24 hours a day. Well, not 24 hours. I'm not, I mean, I'm being like a little bit hyperbolic, but make, but make them work long hours with no break. <laughs> and there's, and, there's no, and there's, no, there's no kind of regulation because guess what? No one knows that they are actually here. That's true. So there are no rights. That's true. You know, and then, then, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, my husband and I were talking about that yesterday because farmers get such a negative rap for hiring illegals, but okay. And I don't know how it is elsewhere, but I know out here, number one, we ain't asking you if you're legal or not. Like we have to ask you for the proper paperwork, but I'm not going to come to you and be like, is this real? But here's the other thing that we do around here. If right. I know that these two neighbor farmers are paying this wage to these people, mm-hmm. I want to make mm-hmm. sure that I'm offering the same thing. And we make sure around here, because we share employees, that we're paying them what they deserve. Like, in every time right. they step to us and go, 
uh, I'm gonna need a little bit more. We're like, okay. And then we let everybody else know, this is what we're paying them now. You're gonna step up and pay them the same. And so that's exactly. what we do in this community. And you know, and, and a lot of our workers are Hispanic. And we yeah. develop relationships with them and they're human beings. And what right. they do is grueling work because I'm gonna be honest, farmers are lazy sometimes. They don't wanna do all that shit. <laughs> And so we make yeah. sure that when we are hiring people to do it, that they are getting paid exactly what they want. And I wish that was the common thing everywhere, because oh, yeah. especially out here, because we don't want to lose employees. We don't want immigration to show up and start looking at paperwork. And we don't right. want these people to feel like they're looking at us going, look at you not doing shit while I'm doing all your work and I'm getting crap yeah. for it. We're like, I appreciate you. I value you. Please do not leave me. What do you want? And we find as many creative ways as we can to make sure that they are happy and taken care of. Mm -hmm. But I know that's not common and that should be common. And maybe y'all can yeah. just listen to me and go share this information with your fellow farmers, but that's yeah. how it should be. And I think that's how the market was designed to work. Sometimes I don't like minimum wage because I think that sets the standard too low and it's not right. paying for skill or talent in time wow. because especially the longer you've been working for me the more i want to pay you because you have been reliable you have been loyal you have been here day after day and i want to reward you for that but now you've got all these fucking millennials jumping in like i deserve 15 dollars an hour and i'm like my first job paid me 425 an hour and i was like for real this is a lot of money and it's, well, you know, it's like, you got to work, you have to work for that money. And we have so many expectational people now. And I know cost of living is high, but at sometimes I'm like, then get out of the city. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing about this is that um, I was at McDonald's the other day. Cause I, I didn't, I didn't need that. I got something for somebody else. And um, I saw a little kiosk in there and cause I hadn't been to McDonald's in a little minute. And I saw a little kiosk in there and I was like, well, there's your, there's your 15 in an hour right there. Yeah. <laughs> and like, listen, the more pe people don't seem to understand, the more you demand, the more you push automation. Yeah. Because, it, look, look, listen, there are computer systems out there. They are designing for HR. Yeah, mm. seriously. Mm. And, and, and pretty much companies, uh, there are some companies out there who are, start, who, are, who are doing this because they've gotten so many sexual harassment complaints, so many EO complaints, so many complaints and everything else. But and then and then and then you get people who who will sue the HR, who will sue the company, saying, "Oh, you guys didn't 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 want to protect me. You guys are racist." Well, the problem with 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 the computer algorithm is that um, I want you to show me in the line where 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 it has the racism mm. <laughs> and the sexism. You know, I, I I think that 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 that's a great solution, but it's like, man, like the more people complain about wages and everything else. The more you, you you're gonna make somebody want to go to 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 a freaking robot. Like, I'll give you a prime example, right? Okay. In this state, we have a college here called uh, USC Columbia, the University the, the University of South Carolina, right? Mm -hmm. So they um they have administrative staff there who makes buckets of money, right? Yeah. And they constantly complain about work hours, about not getting enough vacation hours. And I'm thinking to myself, you're basically glorified desk clerks. A yes. computer could do your job very easily. Yes. <laughs> so you might want to shut the hell up. Yes. <laughs> you might want to. If, if, because if I'm the governor or if I'm like a lawmaker, mm, I'm calling Cisco. 
I'm calling Cisco. I'm calling Amazon. I'm calling Tesla. I'm calling somebody. Make me, make me something so I can, so I can get rid of, rid of, rid of, rid of these people. Yeah. And my computer can, can, can basically work 24 hours a day. Won't ask for a day off. The person can, the person can call in or deal with the, with the, with the computer service 24 hours a day, holidays, you name it. No one needs vacation time, maternity leave, none of that. Exactly. You know, um, like a couple months ago, we had a whole crew working out at a farm and I went to mm-hmm. go pick them up something to eat. And so I had to order 15 mm-hmm. subs at Subway. And this person, I'm not, I'm not even joking. was like, the next time you have an order like this, you need to call it in. And I was like, what would you have done if 20 people came in after me and all ordered two subs? Would you have told all 20 of them people I'm not making 40 subs? And I just thought, is this, and you know, young little things, but I'm like, isn't this your job? Like, isn't your job to make the food. And why would yeah. you complain on behalf of Subway that I just came in and bought 15 subs? Like I just made you money for your company. You were hired to do this. How are we in this position where you're complaining about doing your job that you're paid for? <laughs> and yeah, you're damn right. I would have rather click that shit on the internet and not dealt with you. Yeah. And pretty soon a robot's going to be able to put my sub together. And then what are you going to be doing? Yeah. Living in your parents' I, basement? I, I remember, man. I remember when Blockbuster was still around. Mm. I never get. Uh, I was with my mom. I was a kid then, and we we rented some video. I can't remember what, what's what's the. I think it's a game or like a movie or something, but whatever. And I remember the the front store clerk was so nasty. She was so disgusting, and she was so smug about it. So smug. Some years later, I go back by there, and the store is closing, and she's still there, mm. and that smile was not so smug. <laughs> it's like, again. People run their mouth, you know, thinking that, that, that you can't be, that you cannot be replaced. Yeah. No, you can be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You can. All right. So yeah. final question. I see yeah. this a lot on Twitter. Um, and yeah. I follow a lot of black conservatives on Twitter, but the number mm-hmm. one attack seems to be that if you are conservative or you vote for Trump, you are racist. Well, now, Dion, <laughs> I know my listeners cannot see you, but I'm having a hard right. time understanding that. So you're racist against yourself? Well, here's, here's the thing, right? <laughs> All right. So this is not genetic. It is more um, ingrained. All right. Understand something that white people have been out of tribal environments for far longer than we have. Mm. Okay. Understand that, right? So understand that if you go over to some parts of Africa, even now, they're tribes, yeah. they're villages, they're, they're 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 not cities. Most of them are villages and towns and that, that kind of, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So we have a very tribal type of mindset, right? Mm. So um, the way that you break that is you is you is you set a new trend. You set a new a new a new trend. That's what that's what that's what that's what Kanye is doing, right? But um, until that happens, um. We have this extreme in-group, out-group, you know, extreme in-group, out-group uh, type of preference. Whereas, if you deviate from what the group says that you are allowed to do, you get ostracized for it. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's just 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 what it is. Now, within a black community, that that actually happens. However, it's not even black people who do it. Like most times, it's white people. Yeah, believe it or not. Um, you know, you you get them who will. Um, who will say that you're being an Uncle Tom, you being a race trader, you being, a, you know, the usual stuff. I don't yeah. want to bring all that stuff back up, but 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 pretty much the usual. 
And some of the most emboldened responses that I've gotten are from white people, especially white liberals. They are particularly upset that I won't do what they say. Yeah. And I think that that, that 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 too has a historical type of type of of reference with some coastal elites who 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 come from very, very rich families or well to do families. And when you look into their to into their history sometimes, in fact with one guy, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say his name because again, it's not it's not fair. I don't want to attack the guy, but he was pretty mean. But anyways, um you if you look back to into some history, especially with like this guy, you find that he comes from slave masters. So they carry on <laughs> the old Dixiecrat line. And, I, and, and, and I'm not sure if you know, if, if you or your listeners know what a Dixiecrat is. Not, not, not particularly. I'm sure Okay, a Dixiecrat. Term. So back in the old days, it was the Democrats getting all, these, all this hate about being called racist because they were literally, literally the party of the Klan. Mm-hmm. Um, so back in the old days, uh, you, you had Democrats who were openly racist. Openly racist. I mean... You had some of the most disgusting things said and done here, right here in South Carolina and all across the country. Yeah. And it wasn't until recently that, I mean, I say recently, I've been the past 40, 45 years that Democrats have, have, have started changing their tune. Mm-hmm. All right. But recently, um, you're starting to see some of that same stuff surface. Now, the racism isn't, isn't directed to, towards, you know, black people. This time it's directed towards white people. But with Democrats, there's there's always an element of racism it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't doesn't particularly matter who it is it, it is against it's always present interesting it's either going to be racism sexism or discrimination against 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 you based on your sexual choices yeah. because you've heard one one of those three things from several major democrats yeah yeah so so what i see quite often is is projection the same people who 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 would call me racist for voting for 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 trump if you ask them about like white people i hate white people okay well you well then you're racist not uh or 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 if you were to ask you know a white person about a black person who votes for trump well i've literally been called the n-word or voting Mm. i've been calling calling a a stupid n-word because i voted for 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 you know you know, uh, the president. So my whole thing is, is that what you're getting is projection, but it goes a little bit deeper than that, right? They have to paint you as a one-dimensional character. Mm. Notice, notice how whenever they, they call you a race trader or Uncle Tom, they don't really give you any other descriptors beyond that. Yeah. Because they have to pace you into that box and, and and whenever someone thinks of you, they gotta think of that of that of that mental picture of black sambo dancing, you know, buck dancing. Yeah. All right. They will they will never see you as just, just like like a strong and independent black man who makes their own choices. No, they see you as sambo buck dancing. No, you are only a strong independent black man if you choose their side. Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. Um, and, and, and 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 what you'll find is that a lot a lot of black men are going towards the Republican Party because they know the exact same thing that I noticed. Democrats hate men. Have, mm. you, not, have you not noticed that? Yeah, have you not noticed that? I felt that way when <laughs> I was like all us. wrapped up with the liberal left. I was like, "Are we supposed they to hate like men? Because I love men. I don't want to hate yeah. men." 
Yeah. Well, you you had this uh, one chick from uh, it's a politician out of Hawaii. You you said that men need, need that that men need to shut up about sexual assault, and it's like, well, I was molested twenty two times when I was a kid. Do I got shut up too? No, no. <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> like, I know. It, it, you know you yeah. I found myself that way. It was I was like a year ago too when I well, the abortion issue was hot again because of a couple of bills yeah. that were coming up and yeah. I sat there for a minute and I'm like, why is nobody saying anything about this? And then I suddenly went, it's because we told everyone to shut up because they have a penis. They can't talk about this. And I thought, I'm not sure how helpful that is because the majority of our lawmakers are men right now. And if we're telling them to shut up, they're not going to be on our side. And if there are things that we need to take care of, they're going to look at us like we're the enemy. I feel like while feminism worked to get women political power yeah. i feel like it actually did the opposite and made us more divisive and now well, we have I, I to think, identify everything is female this and woman this and it's like we're creating a line between us and i thought we were about unity and being equal well that that's well that's the whole thing the feminists you know i, I don't i don't i don't i don't subscribe to all the 40 the all all the 48 the 48 laws of power but there is one that they should have paid heed to. And that is know when you won. That's yeah. the problem. They just they just went too far. Yeah. They they won back in what I would say 2004. You yeah. you not not they women had equal rights for a long time, but they won. I mean, they won. I mean, t- between the, the the domestic violence laws, the child custody laws, you name it, they won. And they just kept pushing it. And I think that it's got to the point where even women are tired of the smack, you know? Yes, yes, I am. Yeah. Women, International Women's Day was yesterday. And all of it, uh, now we're supposed to be angry. We're supposed to rise up in our anger right. and take our anger and, and use it as our power because angry men are seen as powerful. And I'm like, I don't see angry men as powerful. And I, I grew up my whole life knowing you do not piss off a woman. So... I don't want to be associated with anger. We are associating women with anger. What kind of message is that? Like angry woman, angry woman. And I realize there's also a negative narrative within the black community of the angry black woman. So we're going to take that. And this, there's this woman, Nina Turner, who was like, yeah, we are. And now we're going to harness it and empower and embrace it. And I'm like, I'm so confused because I thought the angry woman narrative was bad and now we want it to be good, but we don't want to transcend our anger and turn it into something else. We actually just want to be angry. I don't want to be angry for what Um, there is no glass ceiling keeping me from doing a damn thing. Nothing. There really isn't. Well, well, the way that you know that the feminist won is that they, they, they then started advocating for people who weren't even women. And that's when uh-huh. you, you get into the whole turf thing. Have and you I'm, have you been hearing about about on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's confusing as hell. It's confusing as hell. I watched the feminists go at trans people, and I was like, I told y'all this is this 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 was only a matter of time. You know, Glenn Beck was talking about that like 15 years ago. Yeah. He was like, we're gonna get to a point where women and 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 gay the gay community have fought so hard for rights, and then now all of a sudden none of it's gonna mean anything. And we're back to giving men the power. And that's how it feels for me. And I, you know, if you are trans, I'm not judging you. But I am seeing a narrative that is telling me now it doesn't matter if you're a woman. What have I been fighting for for 100 years? What have, 
have women been fighting for? If at the end of the day, a man can dress up as a woman and then go, now I'm a woman. And we're like, yes, you are. No, you're not. Well, the thing, listen, I have no issue with that. In fact, if a tra- in fact I've actually lived with a trans person before. I have no issue with that. Um, in fact, if you think I hate trans people, I let that person live in my house without paying rent for three goddamn months now. That's, if, that's love. If, free rent. <laughs> that's not hatred. Have you not seen the rent prices? But, um, yeah, um, I, I just, I, I talked with them, and the one thing that they said was that they are sick of people trying to inject trans issues into issues that don't really matter, mm. right? So, like, for example, with the whole sports thing, right? Okay, listen, I get it. You want to compete against against girls. You've been born a boy. I understand that. Okay, but tell you what. But but let me tell you what I want to do. I want to play in the NBA, and I want to make twenty million dollars a year minimum. And I want a uh, several mansions. Is that gonna happen for me? No, because life is not fair. Yeah, that's just, that's just what it is. And and that's not me being being cruel. It's just me being honest. Like there there are plenty of things that I want to do. Hell, I want to be in be in double movies. But I just can't act. <laughs> so <laughs> I want I want to be a, a male model, but I like cake. So <laughs> it's just not going to happen, you know. Um, and, and, and and so I, I think that to a large extent, especially for for the people who start breaching into, well, I don't, I, I don't feel like I'm actually human, you know, like like the other kin. When you start getting that far, when you when when you demand people, you know give you certain abilities to compete to to compete against women and to enter you know female spaces that's when you start to try to push your ideology off onto other people mm-hmm. now what you do in, in in the privacy of your own home or even out in public i don't particularly care about so long as it, as it doesn't affect other people yeah but now would you, would you want your your 12 year old who's six foot four already and was born a boy take some hormones pulling a wig and now he's a freaking girl. Yeah. I I think you're going a little bit too far there. Yeah. And sometimes I question whether or not it's the child that actually wants to go through this or if it's the parents that are just trying to exploit it and make a dollar off of it. And cause I mean, that happens, that happens with kids that, that do pageants. It happens with kids that dance. It happens with kids that act. We know parents will exploit their children. So why should this be any different? And right. that's well, where we have thing, to start asking it. harder questions. Right. Well, the thing about it is, let's, you know, in the interest, interest of, 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 full, of full disclosure, there are some kids out there who definitely want to do it. Yeah. I do believe that 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 that, uh, that one basketball player, what's his name? Dwayne Wade. I do believe that that his trans kid wanted, wanted to be trans. And that's fine with me. Hey, look, hey, you know. I can't really affect that. I can't. I don't know what 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 goes on in that particular household. That's not that's not my say, and I'm and I'm not the parent. Yeah. However, I do think that when you give your your twelve year old puberty blockers, yeah, or you get your tw- your your freaking twelve year old you know surgeries and stuff, and that and that's life altering. There's yeah. no reversing like like a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I think that is a form of child abuse. You know, I, I just I just recently read a story about a woman who did start transitioning. Right. She started at a young age and she's older now and she's been taking all these different hormones and she's very masculine and she's mad. She's like, the doctors didn't push back against me hard enough. My parents didn't push me hard enough. 
I shouldn't have gone through with this. And I think, are we going to see a generation turnaround suing their parents and communities, uh, doctor communities that jumped on this bandwagon to appease and acquiesce to their children and now are going to have to face some, some legal consequences? And what is that going to look like? And that just creates so much confusion for the rest of society as we're just spectators and we're like, oh, I don't know what this is about. This ain't going on in my yeah. house, but uh, am I supposed I to be mad? Like, and... Most people are even like aware of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. As, well, yeah. I think a lot of people are unaware of a lot of things and then maybe too <laughs> hyper aware about a lot of other things. Like, did you see Donald yeah. Trump's tweet? No, I was. Yeah, he, he, he tweeted. He tweeted poo poo on Twitter. Oh no! Like like yeah. the rest of the people. Like I tweet poo poo on Twitter too. I don't see anybody getting hyped over that. Like, where's my exactly. attention? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Anyways, I I, I have to roll. Um, yes. Um. Thank I, uh, you, Dion. I appreciate this so awesome. much.